I just felt that was a little lost and out of touch. Did you not find that? Yeah, I don't know. Scott, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I don't either, no. It's um... <laughs> fantastic. I did not ask a great question. Survivor at Home, the podcast. We are following Survivor 43. This was episode nine. My name is Jordan and my regular co-host, Andrew, is actually away tonight. He's got a big event that he's planning out and uh, is unable to join us tonight, but that's okay because we have a couple of special guests joining us tonight. First of all, returning for his third podcast on Survivor at Home, the podcast, is Kel, two-time Survivor contestant, correct, Kel? Or three? Three-time Survivor contestant. Three Never won the game. Voted for the winner. Three out of three, though. One, three. one, of, one of the winners being you. <laughs> Thank you for mentioning that. Always got to throw that in there <laughs> for a podcast. And then we have a special guest, a first-time first time co-host, long-time listener. Yep. Yeah, long-time listener. Uh, welcome in, Scott Youngblood. Scott won Kel Survivor. I was his ride or die until I got voted out. Played alongside favorite on the podcast as well, Alex Street. So, Scott, we want to welcome you in for this special episode. Thank you. And even though you didn't vote for me in the final two, Jordan, I'm still happy to come on your podcast and uh, chat about Survivor with you. <laughs> <laughs> for as much of a tough decision as that was, I forgot that that happened. I didn't end up doing that. Thank you. It's right. all good. But really uh, quickly, as an aside, Jordan was humming and hawing all day. And when he sent me his vote, he's like, I can't believe I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm 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 shocked. And so I thought he voted for you, Scott, based off what he was texting me. So when I saw the vote, I was like, oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it was not an easy vote. I will I will say that for Jordan. And so I'm sure we'll we'll dive into a little bit of our experiences there. Uh, but Scott, we want to anytime we welcome in a guest, we always ask them about their survivor context and how you became a fan. Uh, can you give us a little little bit of that context for? Us? Yeah. So uh, I was in high school when Survivor started, and uh, the first season was during the summer. And you know, as a junior in high school, you know, you're not really sitting at home on in the summer watching Survivor. But I had heard about it, and I liked the concept, and I, you know. I'd heard good things about the show. And then when uh, Survivor Australia season two came out after the Super Bowl, I was all in on it, very excited, uh, got together with my friend groups and watched it. And I just became obsessed, you know, it's a social strategy game uh, right up my alley. And I've been watching it you know, nonstop ever since. So I've not missed a season since season two of the American version. Around season 29, I got involved. That was uh, the second Blood versus Water season. I got involved with Rob as a podcast started becoming a listener and a patron there. And I guess went from like a, a, a kind of a casual fan to a super fan. And then, uh, you know, just, just been really, really invested ever since then. And so, and if, correct me if I'm wrong, but through the Rob has a podcast community and patron, that's how you and Kel got connected, correct? Yes. We met at a patron show in New York city. And then the next patron show, um, we were roommates in Philadelphia. And then he invited me to be on um, his season of survivor. Yes, so Scott and I both went to a patron dinner, so a Patreon for Rob as a podcast, and we were some of the last to arrive, and so we were sort of at the scrap table, and so it was just <laughs> me and Scott, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we actually got along really well, and so, oh man, I'm kind of mixing up events, but I think we sat together, just had a really good time, 
and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, kept in communication. And then, of course, the following event that we went to, yeah, as you said, we split an Airbnb, which was, of course, still a, yeah, a really good time as well. That's awesome. So we are very happy to have uh, have you both here this week to break down this episode titled "What About the Big Girls?" Was the, yes, uh, was the but title. Carla got the title. Jordan, before we get into it, we're bearing the lead. I met you for the first time about a month ago. Oh, and so right. yeah, I would just love to say that it was such an honor and a pleasure to to meet you, Jordan. Of course, Andrew, the host, and of course uh, the lovable villain, Alex. Um, it was such a great afternoon to just, uh, split beers with you guys. And honestly, it was, I was fangirling just meeting you three. I want to talk like about survivor, about life. I mean, just the topics that I wanted to cover. It was not enough time, really. It was not enough time. There there was uh, definitely not enough time there. I mean, that was the first time that obviously with yourself, that group had been together, but even Andrew, Alex and I, despite living close, the three of us hadn't been together. So to get all four, uh, including yourself, Kel was, uh, yeah, such a cool experience. I, I had some serious FOMO when I saw the pictures online. <laughs> 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 Gotta come up to Canada, Scott. Yes, That's right. so I just wanted to throw that out there. It was yeah. so great meeting you guys. Like, of course, playing Survivor with you, you playing in my Survivor, uh, Alex playing my Survivor, you know, Andrew hosting two games, just so much, so many months, so many like in-depth conversations and to just meet in person for the first time. And it was almost surreal. It's like, I've known you in this online capacity and then to just meet you guys in real life it was it was an experience for sure and, and i will say that that's one of the reasons why jordan you and i became such close on our uh you know fake season of survivor is we would just kind of nerd out about survivor and talk about you know strategy and favorite players episodes and you know i, I love talking about it so that's you know what kind of drew me uh to you and and life in general like we were playing in a, a longer version of uh, of a virtual game and got to just chat as well like get to know each other through the day um while living our our regular working life if that's very unique uh, experience for sure very very much so so yeah the uh, the bonds that get built through survivor virtually but also through the show have been so cool and part of this podcast and the and the purpose of it is to to bring those out while enjoying the game and, and getting to chat about it. So um, absolutely. I can't I can't wait to see what other Survivor at home players eventually make their way over to Kel Sherman Survivor. So the marketing campaigns are starting, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Chasing anyway. down. No, yes. that's awesome. Uh so with let's get into this episode here because it was it's a big episode. There's a lot of content to talk about, especially with the we knew the double elimination was coming. Um, spoiler warning for anyone who hasn't watched the episode. I don't know why you're listening yet. Go back, watch the episode and then finish out, uh, finish out listening to the podcast episode, but make sure you come back. Um, so any episode of survivor starts out they're back at camp. Uh, Janine has been voted out. We had our sorry moment for Janine last week on the podcast. Um, uh, and the week before, well, I didn't share in the sorry moment the week before, but, uh, we had the sorry moment this past week. Um, she had a tough go losing all her best allies, her idol. Uh, advantages um, before eventually getting voted out. Um, we get a little bit of insight into Sammy wanting to take other people out, but couldn't get anyone. But then one of the bigger storylines in this episode comes to bubble up, which is Owen and James. Um, and uh, and James lying to Owen about what's going on, um, Owen not being happy about it. And that immediately sets us up for how this episode might play out. Any initial insights into what you guys thought about Owen and uh, Owen and James head to head starting now? Well, 
so Scott and I are connected through Rob has a podcast. And so I guess to just provide some further context, uh, Owen is actually a part of that same community as well. And so I've never had any personal encounters with him, but I know uh, another one of the patron has. And so I am a bit, bi- a bit biased when it comes to Owen. And so I'm feeling like I'm in his corner. I'm cheering for him. I'm wanting him to do well. And so when I see, you know, people on attack for Owen, I've, I feel a bit defensive. And so I guess my opinion is probably a bit tainted just from that, from that fact. Yeah. And I like, both, I like both characters from a TV perspective and I can see both of them in their minds thought they were absolutely right. And they were justified in what they were saying. Um, I think I play similar to Owen. I think I kind of relate to Owen as well, Kel. Um, but I, I do like James as well. And I could see from James's perspective, you know, hey, like, we don't want, you know, to tell you the actual plan. Like, that's not a big deal. You need to be able to, roll. Owen needed to be able to roll with that and just accept it and be like, okay, they, were, they didn't want to tell me the plan. I got to deal with that. But from James's perspective, you know, he did, you know, lie to Owen's face and he needs to understand from Owen, you know, hey, sorry, I screwed up. And I think an apology in that situation would have gone a long way from James's perspective, even though he feels he's right and justified. Um, and yes, Owen did vote for him or whatever, but, you know, at some point you need to say, hey, I'm sorry, this is why I did that and, and move on. But I, I love the fight from a TV perspective. It was a great entertainment. Yeah. Well, and later on in the episode too, like going along the apology, James basically plays it off as, well, now I can trust you because you listened to what I said, but the point for Owen is, well, hold on a second here. You lied to me, told me something that wasn't happening when I gave you the chance to just tell me what was happening. I was going to go with you and do it. And instead you lied to me, but now you want to trust me, but I can't kind of reciprocate that. So I'm there um, with you guys. And then Owen galvanizing Sammy and Gabler to work with him. Like James isn't the godfather. He had that quote uh, early in this episode. He's not the godfather. He doesn't run everything. I love that. I, I don't want that to happen. Yeah, I thought that was a great- It was a very uh, big brother-esque fight too, where yeah. you know, I, I like these kinds of fights because it doesn't seem like they're personal. There's no like personal attacks or negativity, but it's like both of them feel like they're being wronged and the other person just doesn't see it from their perspective. And like, I, I was just smiling the entire time when that, when that argument was going on because that's that, that's what, one of the reasons why I, I love watching Survivor for, for moments like that and for fights like that. Yeah, and you know, I see James and in my opinion, he's coming from a position of power. I don't know if he sees himself from a position of power but i mean he's very well cloistered going into the final 10 of course we know what happens you know once it's split up but is that a good gameplay on his part to tell first off owen to vote wrong and then you know really go on the attack when owen comes at him because it comes back to biting them in the end but he got very defensive and there's definitely a negative tone to the edit last night i thought you know they were definitely trying to bury him a little bit it seemed like and playing it from an Owen perspective a little bit, but I definitely can, can see both of their sides in it. Well, yeah, I, you know, as much as I love Owen, I could see uh, from uh, James's perspective that if someone does vote for you twice, I mean, it's like, screw you, <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. you clearly want me out of this game for two rounds in a row. I mean, why, what, why would I work with you? But, but Owen, ha- but Owen has no power, really. I mean, Owen didn't have any really any, any advantages. He, he couldn't have changed yeah. the vote if he wanted to. James doesn't know that, you know, James could, could think that hey if i tell owen what's going on you know he could tip somebody off but it seemed like a low risk thing for james just to tell him the actual plan honestly i mean he told sammy the plan sammy knew the plan so why couldn't owen know the plan as well well that's exactly it right it's low risk to tell him and then you double down on it as well yeah. and 
you're going on the, I've, I, I harp on this all the time that he's going on the revenge tactic on, on Owen. James is going on the revenge tactic on Owen when really that's not going to, that's not going to fly in survival. I don't mind you the gotta, actual lie, but I, I don't think he handled it. He should have humbled himself and really just come out and tried to just talk to him man, man to man and like get him to understand where he was coming right. from as opposed to, you know, being argumentative. The other thing on the episode kind of burying James to a degree, it, it before it goes to commercial, and well, this will this will be our transition into the challenge, I think, but before it goes to commercial, one of the last lines is James in a confessional saying, if you break trust, so what's Jeff asked, what's the social contract? The social contract is if you break trust with James, you go home. And then it, I think it cut to commercial not long after that or right after that. And uh, I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I hear someone be, that's come yeah. off as that full of themselves, and uh, I just think, ooh, okay, let's let's remember that. There's a reason why I made a big note about that one. Mm-hmm. Let's remember that as we move forward. Yeah, um, no, I agree. Let's move into the challenge. We had it teased last week, and going back and doing the research on the the last two seasons, we knew it was coming. There's ten players left. They get split into two groups of tribe or two <laughs> groups in the challenge to act as two different tribes. So you get an individual immunity winner in each and then two groups of five go into tribal council um, from this from this challenge. Do you guys like, what do you think of this twist? Give me a couple of thoughts. See, I understand why they put it in there because um, <clears throat> London Steve put it in the, uh, in the uh, Facebook group, the Survivor Home Facebook group, just, you know, thoughts on uh, going into the episode, what's going to happen. And I sort of said, well, the way I see why they put this uh, mechanism in the game, this sort of split tribal council, is that the sort of like 10 and 9, even 8 votes are kind of boring. And you know, they're sort of like you vote along your alliance lines, and then it doesn't make for good TV. So in my opinion, I think that the survivor producers, um, due to a lack of swapping in the pre-merge, want, you know, people to sort of uh, think more deeply on who they want to work with long-term, or, you know, if you're locked in with your alliance, they want to see what the result of having these people in. So they just want to make more difficult decisions for the players. I guess I kind of like it as a watcher, as a viewer, but if I were playing the game, I would probably, you know, if I was in a power position, let's say, I'd probably not like it. I think when you merge I think when you merge at 13, you have to have something like this in the game because you know, if you're just doing a single big blob vote from 13 down to the end, it's going to get boring. It's going to get stale. Um, I usually don't like twists that have a lot of random ra- randomization in it because I do think people can get so- swap screwed. Um, I mean, last night was a fantastic episode mm-hmm. and it worked out. I think it's one of those twists where if the players you like, you know, come out on top, you like the twist. And if your favorite players get screwed, you don't like it. Um, what I don't want to have happen is every season – it comes at 10, you know, have it at 12 sometimes, have it at eight, you know, don't have it sometimes. Cause my, my guess is that everyone at camp was discussing contingency plans for this when it was 11 and 12. That's what I'd be doing out if I was out there. I'd be expecting it to come planning with the Alliance. And if you know, it's coming, it doesn't have the impact as if it's a surprise. So, so just mix it up a little bit. I think a few seasons, maybe like 15 seasons ago or, or more, they had a challenge where uh, the five, people who lost go to tribal and the five people in the top were safe. I don't know if I'm making that up or if it's an international version, but I think that would be a fun spin on this twist. Anyway, having just a tribal council, if you're in, in the bottom five, you guys are in tribal. So I, I, I like an unmerge in general, but yeah, have the winner of a challenge be able to be safe, you know, like have there be a team competition when it's five and five and right. not necessarily yep. those tribes going. Yep. Yeah. 
yeah have yeah the whole the whole trip and i think that's interesting too scott talking about like mix it up because i wonder if you did that at 12 then you're talking two tribes of six and six is a little bit of a different dynamic than five because five has a clear majority and six doesn't right so that would be a quite the uh the dynamic and there's a little more room for variance in that or have it at 11 and do a five five where one person you know gets to sit out or something like that i mean just don't make it so what you know people can plan plan around the twists exactly these are such great ideas i'm tucking these all away for for future seasons that i write the other the other thing that it did was coco had four of ten 40 percent considering there were three tribe 40 percent of the players left is uh is a high percentage and they got split two and two and right from the beginning they're minority everywhere um yep. which is which is also an interesting dynamic uh so for the um let's go through the challenge first and then we'll break it uh we'll break it down afterwards um the two groups first is the blue group carla who i had forgotten but it got revealed halfway it got reminded or revealed to us halfway through the uh challenge that she's doing this with a broken finger we knew she had a hand injury we saw the block fall on her i don't remember hearing that she had a broken finger but uh, i think it was gabler who yells out wow she's doing this with a broken finger too um, so Carla's on blue, Noel's on blue, James, Sammy, and Owen are round out the blue group. And then the red group is rounded out by Cassidy, Jesse, uh, Jesse, Gabler, Ryan, and then Cody as well. So Jesse and Cody get to work together. A couple of things that stood out there was, yeah, Jesse and Cody working together, Coco being split up. Uh, anything else that stood out for you guys in those two well- groups? Did you feel like the show kind of yada yada, like who was on what side? I almost didn't know who was where. And then the camera sort of pans across. Yeah. I'm like, okay, like I'm trying to clock who's on what side and what alliances, or not what alliances, yeah. but like what tribes are on what side. It, it just took a lot of like trying to figure out who was where. I, I totally, it took me, I write it all down and it took me three pauses and two like scan back and forth of the camera to finally get it right. Yeah. Um, Cause they just- Yeah, and I would Jeff say announced, we're pretty- announced it, but it wasn't- it, it wasn't hi- it wasn't highlighted at all. I think episodes like this need to be 90 minutes. I mean, we saw the premiere this season was 90 minutes and it was fantastic. There's been a lot of episodes this season where 60 minutes doesn't tell a story. You know, there was that uh, one of the first episodes with um, Vessi where we didn't know why, you know, Cody and Jesse went against Dwight and went with NECA. And then the next episode, they voted out NECA. And there was really no, really no explanation as to why, you know, A, they went away from Dwight in the first place and went back to Dwight. And then even at the merge, yeah, there wasn't really a great explanation of, you know, why Dwight was the vote when he went out, because, you know, we assumed that, you know, that that Bessie Strong was going to be, you know, four strong going in to the merge. Like, I think like there's a lot of stuff left out. And this season is a lot more strategic. You know, there's not as, you know, there's a lot of advantages, but they're not all being played. Yeah. So I think this season is a lot more of a subtle strategy season. And I'm not sure if Survivor really knows how to edit a season like that. They're very good at editing the blind sides and the twists, but when there's not as many. I don't know if they're they're doing a great job of so explaining true. why yeah. you know, certain votes are happening. The social yeah. dynamics they just have issues with presenting that. Whether it's like a lack of footage or just you know they don't want to be too obvious with the way direct the, the, the direction the vote and the winner is going. And I think they, they, they try to make every episode a you know a shocker at the end. One thing, Jordan, you mentioned what we kind of our takeaways were. I was surprised with the second group that they never presented it as. You know, Gabler's the swing vote between Cody and Jesse and the two people from Coco. It was always, okay, it's going to be one of the two Coco people. Um, which which Coco person is it going to be? And, you know, you got to think Gabler could have chosen to go with, with Coco. And they didn't really kind of give his perspective on that. 
Um, right. And we can talk more about that group. I know we're going to talk about them in a second, but I, I thought there's yep. a lot of interesting dynamics there. But it kind of seemed like both Cassidy and Ryan were both kind of consi- consigned to, well, it's either me or her. Um, probably could have done something a little bit more in there. So we had let's let's get through the challenge here. Um, we had in in the blue group, Noel drops out, James drops out, Owen drops out, and then finally it's down to Sammy and Carla. And I think it's fair to say I was kind of surprised that Carla ends up winning it with everything going on. Um, obviously, Sammy's a physical player; it's a physical challenge, and uh, she's got her broken finger and just fights through. And Carla takes. I I, I thought that was a huge. Um, uh, a huge win for her uh, in winning the immunity, but she doesn't hold on to win reward for that group. It's people honestly care. who she doesn't care. <laughs> she does not care. No, I like, totally you know, her she does not I'll care. Have, yeah, I'll have it in thirteen days when the game is over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She no, it's thirteen. Yeah, it's it's almost over. I feel like uh, the rewards are getting a lot um, weaker in, in some of these seasons. Like peanut butter and jelly. Come on, like it's, it's nice. Like some good fuel, practical. Um, at the end, though, someone who won that this is a side note. Someone who won the peanut butter had the uh, had one of the jars, and they were just eating out of the the end of the. I think it was Cassidy eating out of the end of the jar on the beach, and all I could think of was from Winners at War, Tyson, just talking about how I got this jar of peanut butter and I didn't share it with anybody. I was just, he just went he just went for it. Um, yeah, and then, unapologetically selfish, which is um, how you should play Survivor, in my yes. opinion. So the episode structured in a way, this is where we'll let the audience in a bit. The episode structured in a way where it went back and forth from the two groups. We're going to go one group than the other. So we'll go with the blue group first. Um, Carla, who won reward again, it's Carla, Noel, James, Sammy, and Owen. They go to the Vesey beach, which is pretty well broken down. There's not much going on there. Uh, and they've got to spend a day there to discuss what's going on. Um, so we go into this area knowing Carla's safe. Um, uh, you've got Noel there. She's from her own tribe. Sammy and Owen are there. And then James and Carla are the obvious pair that have been working together the whole time. So it sets up as everyone's against Owen and, uh, and Owen is the one. It makes it easy. James is on board. Carla's on board. Noel, Sammy seem to be on board with them as well. Um, what do we think about just like Owen being under the gun again? I know you guys are a bit of fans of Owen. Yeah, I think Sammy's done a good job of keeping that relationship with Owen, despite, you know, voting against him at tribals, keeping things from him. It seems like he's been able to do a good job of keeping that relationship open. And that's important in Survivor, obviously. You don't want to burn a bridge. And, you know, I I do think, you know, ultimately, Sammy was kind of the decision maker here. And the fact that he had that good relationship with Owen definitely helped out. So... James tried early in the episode to point out that Sammy was there when James, um, he was pointing this out to Owen. Sammy was there when James told him to vote for Ryan instead of voting for, um, instead of voting for Janine. And Owen just like shut that down right away. Nope, doesn't matter. You were the one who did it. You stepped in, interrupted our conversation. Because um, J- because Sammy has probably put in work with Owen and James hasn't. And yeah. I think, you know, Sammy had that social capital to be able to, to get away with that absolutely and Social in these capital. games you're you're faster to forgive people who you've built relationships with as, as opposed to you know if the owen and james sort of relationship with it's like you burn me okay i see how i see you for how you are right yeah. so i feel like there's a season you know it's just more compact as well too it's harder to to develop those and make 
you know, make up for some of that stuff you haven't done uh, in, in the previous days. I, yeah. And I think Bryson highlighted this when he was on the podcast is that this came is just so fast and furious that especially at the merge, it was like, vote, vote, vote. You know, you're almost like dizzy at the amount of times you're going to trouble council. I can't imagine how traumatic it is to go day, like basically three days in a row almost. Oh my God. And poor Janine. Can I just say like justice for Janine? That was, that was a rough, <laughs> rough go that she had this season. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. She got her sympathy. Justice for Janine here. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't see how when it gets down to five, James is a huge threat. You know, he's got the knowledge of power. He's in that, you know, you mentioned four of the final 10 people were from his original tribe. You know, he's got the relationship with Carla. Owen seems like kind of a, a wounded dog a little bit, you know, not mm-hmm. as big of a threat. You know, James was definitely playing, he probably thought he he was going to be fine, but you know, if I'm James, I'm worried there because he did not do a great job of managing his threat level. I don't think he well, he did not do a great job on a couple of things, and one was the water well conversation where Owen and James are chatting about who do we vote out, and James rather than just for some reason just chuck out a name, chuck out anyone's name, say you know what, let's let's work together, let's re- mend our relationship. Owen asks him who he should vote for. And James response after thinking about it for a second or two is it is what it is. It, give me, give me six things. Give me three things that he could have said that were better answers than it is what it is. Go. Well, I got to talk to the group and uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what other people are saying. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, I think if you if you try to throw Carla's name out there, it's going to be seen as disingenuous. He's, she's, they're not going to she's buy, got immunity. They're not going to buy that. Um, Carla has immunity, so he can't throw out Carla's name anymore. True. Yeah. Yeah. Um, throw out Noel. Throw out Sammy's yeah. name. Like uh, throw out Owen's name or not Owen's. Sorry, he's talking to Owen. Throw out Noel's name or throw out Sammy's name. Mm. Yeah, I almost feel like James followed Owen to to start something. You know, like. Why, like, why would he go to the well after Owen? Like, what, like, I don't, you, like, you know how that's going to end. Well, and there was also the thing where they tried to talk about it the, you know, the night of or the next morning and James, from James's perspective, he said, Owen, do you want to talk? And Owen basically just, you know, shot him down right there, which, mm-hmm. you know, not great on, on Owen either. Um, no. you know, I think you need to be as difficult as it is willing to have a hard conversation. Um, yeah. And I mean, obviously it worked out what worked out for Owen last night, but yeah, I think he could have handled it a little bit better as well. Yeah. The, the Natalie Anderson and just like shake hands with the people who burned you, you know, and like you did it, you know, that's, I love it, Yeah, but it's, it's, it's a tough thing to do in this human game. Right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It is right. And the emotions are real. And again, being out there, you're not sleeping, you're not eating, like you're, you're not at your full patience level. And it's running thin. Um, and for these guys, they've spent every they've spent a whole bunch of days together without kind of leaving each other for five, six, seven days at this point since the merge. Maybe a little bit longer than that. Um, your patience level can run thin on on the smallest things. And this is a game that you're trying to win. And and they're not they're clashing. No matter what's happening, they're clashing out there. Yeah. Then we get the full group confrontation where there's a bit of yelling. We don't get all of it. Um, from this confrontation but we do get a little nugget of noelle's awkward smile it's become a meme in 24 hours her awkward smile um looking away from not wanting to be a part of that i just thought that was super funny like the jim halpert of the uh, yeah. of the tribe there <laughs> yes and then james i i did kind of my thought here was james is getting emotional he's reacting emotionally in this situation 
Um, and it feels like he can get himself voted for. We've seen a bit of a trend in this season on the emotional reactions can get you voted out. And Lindsay being a big case on yep. uh, a big example on that, where she got super paranoid. It, it really messed with her and messed with her game and her tribe just said, okay, fine. We're not going to be able to work on that. She's the example of that. And that's you what I don't want to give anybody a reason to, to vote for you. Exactly. Right. And, you. and feeding this fire more is not helping you if you're James, but he's probably, he's probably doing it because he feels so confident and obviously he was wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm, in his mind, he thought, okay, I've got knowledge's power. I've got Carla and Sammy. There's no way like anything can happen that, you know, that's wrong. Um, but yeah, he got too cocky. Yeah. 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 And what I, what I will say about the season two, and just in terms of like how the episodes are structured and who you think is going to be leaving. Um, what I really liked about the, the pre season, sorry, the pre merge is that, um for the Lindsay vote when Lindsay leaves I thought I thought Survivor was just trying to like mess with us like okay obviously it's going to be Geo and so you know when the votes come out and then it's Lindsay I was like what yeah (laughs) like that was that was a blind side for me and then the following episode I think it was when Geo actually leaves it was in my mind it was a bit obvious and so Survivor has been sort of messing with my expectations. You know, sometimes they're doing like an obvious sort of like that's who's going home. And then sometimes like the audience is blindsided. And so like going into this episode, it's like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know. I feel good, but I've been burnt the season before. They're trying to get to us. Yeah. How do you think James could have or should have used his knowledge of power? I mean, I think, you know, with that kind of advantage, when everyone knows you have it, you can't go to tribals without using it. I think you should have just used it. If everyone knows you have it, steal something last week or try to steal it. Cause I think having that did not help them, you know, this week and then not using it again this week. I mean, I, I know Noel kind of tricked him into not playing it or whatever, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know how you sit on that for two tribals so, when everyone knows you have it. So, okay. So the question I'm going to throw back at you then is when, when should he have used it and what should he have done with it? Well, like, I mean, he, he knew Cody. I, mean, I guess he, he, he thought he, he thought he was with Cody, so he's not going to try to steal Cody's idol. He knows that the other idol, you know, other idols have gone out of the game. But I mean, I, I guess I guess that's my question is like in this moment, because my thought process has been you don't take an idol with that unless you're just going to use it right then and there. Because although idols, well, actually the two idols left in the game, I don't, well, Carla's idol is definitely not out in the open. No one knows about that. And I'm not sure how many people actually know about Cody's idol, but. But it seemed like everybody knew there was a, there was a steal of vote out there. It seemed like that was pretty common. Knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Especially so, because I think, you know, when you have these ship wheel Island things where three people are going and they essentially gave the advantage to, to Noel at that point, I think if, if I remember correctly, like. Yeah, they did. I mean, steal that. Steal the seal of it last week. Noel's not on your side. So last week, James could have, and I, I know they're they're playing the, you know, the the three-card Monty where you're switching it around, but take a guess at somebody, you know, you know mm. ask anybody. There's so many advantages. You could you, you could have thrown a dart at a at, at the board and potentially gotten an, an advantage last week. And just see, yeah, just see what happens. Go for it. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I, I don't we've seen the knowledge is power is a detriment. Liana, um, who was who was last season that had the knowledge is power of the company? Drea. Drea. Okay, was Drea who had it, and then Geo had it, and now um, James has it, and all four got voted out. Two got duped with it. Drea and Leanna got duped with it. Geo didn't play it, and James didn't play it, and all four. Yeah. So that advantage has really been the result of it has been a disadvantage for. And I mean, when you have 
when you have knowledge is power and you're like, hey, just so you know, I got the knowledge is power advantage. You're basically saying, hey, just so you know, like you now have knowledge is power. Like you're, you're passing off knowledge as power. Like that's something that you want to keep a secret. Yes. I know Andrew and I have got into it over the, the years about what do you do with an idol? And I'm, I'm of the mindset that, you know, you could use an idol to build trust. And we have not seen that in Survivor at Home of sharing the fact that you have an idol. Um, whereas I, I think, yeah, it could be used as a tool to build trust. A lot of people in Survivor at Home sort of keep it for themselves, use it for, use it for themselves. That's fine. An, an idol with, is a different beast than knowledge is power. I think with an idol, you can go both ways depending on your relationships. Yes. I think you can use it. But knowledge is power, I think you have to keep it, you know, to yourself. And the fact that in three seasons since we've had it, no one has yeah. been able to keep it to themselves. No. It, it yes. makes no sense. Now, yeah. on keeping it to Jordan. himself, though, the pro sorry, just on keeping it to himself, the yep. problem that James had for this season was that he found the clue to that idol, that uh, yeah. advantage in front of other people. So it was going to be, he couldn't really, like, how do you get out of that to keep it quiet when others know that you have a clue to an advantage and they all knew its location as well? So that <laughs> kind of sewered him a little bit, I think. It did sewer him a lot. I feel like, okay, you find this advantage that clearly the producers want you to find that's in the well why would you run and get it i feel like if you're already in an okay spot maybe conspire with your alliance and say hey one of us should get it i should have it but he sort of did it independently and then just told people he told three different people and there's uh there's memes out there of like you know when you tell someone who has an advantage that you have the knowledge is power idol and you just see cody's face carla's face <laughs> they're like oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. i mean exactly. you could have said that was anything i mean yes you know four people knew that there was a advantage in the well but i believe he found it on his own right he went back he later, did. like you know there yeah. was like he, he could have either kept it a secret or lied about yeah. what it was but yeah yeah, absolutely. He could have he could have kept it a secret. Like everyone could have just known that it wasn't underneath the shelter. It was underneath the shelter. I think was the final result of it. Right. Yep. He could have kept it quiet that it was. It's not underneath the shelter anymore. I wanted to go get that. He he could have gone that route. I think it he might have gotten sniffed out a little bit on that. But at least, you know, he's doing it rather than just getting knowledge's power and then walking up to Carla, who has the only hidden idol in in the game, and saying. Here we go. I've got yeah. this. And I now do think in general, if you, if you have an advantage it. and everyone knows you have an advantage, better to use it and burn it than you know let people. Yeah. I mean, know. looking at the game that you guys played, uh, someone found an advantage, of course, and I believe uh, told Jordan, and then Jordan told Scott, and then it was just common knowledge that Jack. It's it was Jack's reverse. Advantage. Other other reverse? way around. Yeah, okay. other way around. Uh, Scott told me. I told, right. you know, yes, Jacqueline had a, a steal of vote or something. And then yeah, I think Jordan told Alex and then it got back to, to Jacqueline, right. the whole thing. But and that got you in trouble after I got it got, out. It sorry, got not, sorry. in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I had to do some serious apologizing there and just, you know, hey, I'm so it, sorry. Like, please yeah. forgive me. And, you know, like, it, it how, would <laughs> how would Jordan have known? But because I got told before I got <laughs> yeah. voted out, well before I got voted out, that it was there. Uh, but apparently I was cheating, whatever. Um, it's fine. Yeah, and so that's also a danger as well. If you're using your advantage to build trust with someone else, that person can use that information to build trust with someone else. So yeah, I, you know, it's definitely a double-edged sword in this game, but you have to read the relationships that you're forming and you know, just I guess play the best that you can. So yeah. Yeah. So 
here we go into a little a little strategy talk. I was confused by it at first, but then thinking through, I thought it was actually a smart move. Noelle telling James that she's going to play her steal a vote against Owen, um, not revealing that she's going to still vote for James with Owen's vote. But um, I, I it took me a bit. Do you, do you think that was a, a good, a smart move? I think you have to make it seem like you're, what, what you're doing makes sense to the other player. So the story made sense, you know, like in James's eyes, it's a very, like what she was telling him could have easily been what was actually happening. And so I think it was a great defensive maneuver to, to kind of freeze James there and not have him make a move or play something. Absolutely. Yeah, that was like 40 chess and I was watching it happen. I'm like, what is going on right now? (laughs) I love it. And you know what? Noel has been so great this season, of course, just so inspirational, giving it all in the challenges. She's great socially. And that was just some like next level strategy. So I've been really loving Noel this season. She's been a great addition to the show. She she took an advantage that everyone knows about and you and still used it to her advantage within her strategy. The only thing I thought was, is James going to be a little bit like, why do we need to steal Owen's vote and make it five zero? That was my only well, I think it was to thought. prevent him from playing the shot in the dark. Because oh, if, yeah. if you steal his vote, he cannot oh. use his vote to then play the shot in the dark. So that was the rationale. Hey, we don't want Owen to use the shot That's... in the dark. I'll do this. And so, yes, in, in that way, it made perfect sense to James. He had no reason to think that there was any other reason other than defense against shot in the dark. Man, to all those in the audience, I am being out-nerded on Survivor by two people this week. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I love it. Um, but what you know yeah. what i'll also say about noel is that i think in the moment and probably the day after james will be pretty upset like he is smiling on his way out but you could probably tell that he's he's a bit reeling from it Did i you, think he'll get over it and have respect for the move and for noel in, in oh, my okay. opinion yeah he was uh he, he was as as pissed off as i've seen a contestant in a while when they get voted out yeah um i thought uh sammy so sammy has a moment where i thought is this gonna is this could this blow it up? I don't think it will, but could this blow it up where he wants to hear out? I think he approached it really well. He wants to hear out on Carla's opinion, but ultimately wants to plant the seed that let's vote James instead. Um, and he breaks it down. Well, Owen at this point in the game, but even if he survives, Owen is still expendable moving forward. He doesn't really have many people that he's truly working with and that will defend him if the time comes to vote him out. And if they use this strategy, Noel's advantage will also be gone. And so you don't have to worry about that moving forward either. Um, and Carla gives us her main question, which is someone who's a number of mine and is going to work with me. Why do I want to give that up? Um, but she has to make the best decision for herself and for the people that she wants to work with. It's in, this is this whole thing, James versus Owen. Part of it comes down to, one of the essences of Survivor is you got to work with others, but it's selfish by nature. So you work with others as long as it works for you, but at some point, something's not going to line up. And, and how do you make this an individual thing while in the confines of teamwork and camaraderie until it gets ultimately to the most selfish part? Sammy's got some really good Survivor instincts. I mean, for, mm-hmm. to be as young as he is, um and to be able to know okay i cannot burn carla here if he were i mean ultimately he he could have still gone without telling her it still would have worked 
Um, and really, ultimately, like, Carla didn't really have a choice because, you know, it, unless you're going to try to get something really fancy there at the last minute, like, he was going to do, I think, I think he was going to do that all along, whether Carla agreed so, with it or not. Um, but to get her on board um, saves that relationship. And it was just a very, very impressive move. And I was very uh, impressed with, with what Sammy was doing and just to know to be able to do that because other people would just try the blind side. Um, but to get her on board and try to convince her of something that she probably didn't want to do, you know. Yeah, I'm so glad that you're highlighting Sammy because, yeah, for a 19-year-old, I mean, he is playing an insane game. I don't know how you guys were like when you were 19, but I was like, oh, turning 20. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, very similar. Yep. Yeah. But he's sitting there, you know, sort of like mediating the relationship between James and Owen is like, well, these two guys have tremendous respect for each other. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just a game. I'm like, who is this? Jeff kid? literally, <laughs> Probst literally calls him out as being like a coach <laughs> in that moment. He's also doing to Carla what he did to Sammy or sorry to Owen um, at the beginning of this episode, which is although things aren't probably going the way that you want them to go you can you can believe me you can trust me and i'll i'll help you i'll get you through that even if it doesn't go the way you want it he's do that's what he did for owen i'm sure he's done that before and he's doing it again and and there were times Carla in his first tribe where you know he definitely totally like was aware that people were going through gabler's bag and somehow he came out of that whole situation you know without a lot you know kind of scot-free a little bit there it's like wait like sammy you knew about this like you saw it like you know, he was definitely playing both sides yet I guess he's just likable enough and has that charisma where, you know, it seems like people are, are, are wanting to work with him even after, you know, they've, he's shown that he's kind of duplicitous a little bit. They do yeah. not see that he's playing both sides. It's unbelievable. It was crazy, but he is. He absolutely he, is. He's, he's been doing that since day one. First episode, he would talk to, I, he had some sort of line about that, that he was going to yeah. do that. Initially, I was comparing him to Xander from last season, you know, saying he's going to be a, a zero vote finalist, but this this episode and just looking at the you know the season as a whole like he has been just playing so well that i i don't want to say that he's going to win the game but you know i think the needle is pointing up for i, th for I think Sammy. he's playing good i don't know how much win equity he has though i mean being young you know i i think it'll catch up to him a little bit but yeah well yeah, keep it in mind great. though with the young thing they all think he's 22 or 23 that's what he's 22 calling. yeah 22. whereas xander was a mere 21 yeah. <laughs> And just oh yeah, okay. I mean, all right. I think Sammy, you know, presents himself as more mature than someone like Xander did, or someone like Will Walt did, and you know, Millennials versus Gen X. Yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. And there's been quite a few 21 year old winners back to like Sophie Clark, I believe, was 21. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, Fabio was 21. The, oh, yeah. Who who on Rob's uh, Jenna Jenna Morasco was yeah, 21. Yeah. So there's been a few there's been a few tw uh, 21 year old winners. So hey, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry if people are going back and watching seasons, but uh, just spoiled a bunch of seasons for you. No, we're we're on Survivor forty three. If you haven't watched the previous seasons, go yeah, back and man. watch them. But you can easily uh, find who won them as well. Yeah. Anyway, the point of that is, you know, a twenty two year old quote unquote, he's nineteen, winning is not outside the realm of possibilities. So, you know, go Sammy. So, yeah. as. As travel goes along, Sammy has his great coach's moment, kind of breaking everything down. And then Owen and James start to get back into the, it's a repeat. It's literally just press, press record on the first conversation in front of everyone and then press play. Now it's the exact same conversation, um, getting back into it, losing their cool, airing their frustrations. And then Noel just steps up 
no, I'm done. Too much testosterone. Stop this. We need to but move on. This so is great, great though, because the last few episodes, the tribal councils have been so boring and nobody's, when you have this big 12 person tribal council, you know, no one really wants to kind of tip their hat at what's going on. They're tiptoeing around things. They're speaking in generalities when it's a five person, you know, thing. And it was great to see a tribal where, you know, I was glued to the screen because it was just such good strategy talk and people were being honest and, you know, airing things out. And I'd much rather have that than, you know, a 12 person tribal where people are just talking, you know, generic buzzwords here and there. Exactly. And in the background of all of this going on, Sammy and Carla are still discussing what's going on with the vote and giving a little, a couple looks back and forth. As we get into the vote right away, Noelle basically steals the thunder on getting the vote started so that she can play her steal a vote, steals Owen's vote, not uh, not too much of a shocker. At this point, we know what's happening. It's just what will Carla do, right? Or are you guys still thinking Owen's gone? At, well, at that and at that point, um, I think I was reading today in Dalton Ross's article that the steal a vote once it's played cannot be stolen. So knowledge of power could not have been used right. on, on that at that point. So all Carla could have done would be what to give the idol to to J- her idol to James. No, so I I mean specific, no, I didn't expect her to give her idol to James. Doesn't even know about her idol, so why would he? Why would she? She give it to him? No, I'm just talking about. We know. I, I think at this point in the episode, we know that the vote is going to go to James. Three votes are going for going his way, and it's just is Carla going to get on board with that, or does mm-hmm. she still think that the vote could be Owen and she's going to go against the group? Right. Um, and isolate herself in that kind of way. I, that, that was my. Did you guys have any kind of different thought? Did you guys think Owen was going out? I, I was, I was a bit again? unsure. Yeah, I honestly, I thought it was like 49-51. Um, I wanted James to go, of course, but but I was just, when 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 uh, Sammy goes and talks to Carla, I was so nervous. I was like, oh, he's dropping the ball. This is not mm-hmm. going to be good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it was definitely a 49-51 situation for me. Oh, interesting. So we get the votes in a row. Owen, James, 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 and then the last vote doesn't get read, but it was obviously for James as well. So even Carla votes for him. This was the the most pissed I've seen a, a survivor vote out in a while. He was truly upset um, and uh, and not happy. gave a gave a couple eye daggers. Uh, looked very uncomfortable adjusting his buff as he sat down in the jury spot beside Janine. And before um, he sits down, he passes them on their side of the fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine not being able to like go to Ponderosa, you know, talk to the therapist that's on site, you know, to have to go from being blindsided to being on the jury like within mm-hmm. seconds. It yeah, it it yeah. I can't imagine. It's quite a traumatic experience going from being in the game with everyone else and then right away you're done out and cut off from them all. Sounds like uh, some personal experience you're drawn from there, uh, Jordan. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's all. Anything else on James, Owen, Sammy, Carla? Um, Yeah, once again, uh, we were talking about Owen and just, you know, I'm overall a fan of him because of what I've already stated. But yeah, I'm not feeling him as the winner of the season at this point. But I, I am happy to see him doing well and to make it to the final eight. He's skating by right now. Like he's, he's, he's skating by. He's skating by. He's not kind of leading anything. Uh, like Sammy, you know, people like Sammy, Jesse, or Carla are leading, not always out in the front, sometimes leading from the back, but they are leading. And, and yeah. Owen's skating along. He's not even getting votes right. 
I don't think it would be a Romeo situation where I think if he got to the final three, he would get a, a couple votes. You know, I think yeah, he's yeah. more respected than someone like Romeo was last season. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's hard for someone like Owen to, you know, be on the bottom, to be, you know, on the wrong side of the vote so many times and to end up, you know, winning, winning the season. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, let's move into the red group now. So forgot about them for the last 25 minutes or so. Uh, Cassidy, Jesse, Gabler, Ryan, Cody are the group of five. Um, in the challenge, Jesse and Cassidy are the first two to drop out. Gabler drops out. And then at this point now, it's Ryan and Cody left. And Carla has dropped out. So we know this group gets their peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And we're just waiting between Ryan and Cody for immunity. Um, Cody, of course, had his epic battle a couple of episodes ago with Gabler in the uh, inspiration episode, I think we called it. And uh, um, Ryan ends up dropping out. So Cody wins immunity. My kind of thought was Cody and Jesse could be kind of a target there. Is that good for Jesse? Before we get into any sort of the strategy talk in the background, is that good for Jesse that his number one ally has one immunity in a small group? Or is it bad for Jesse that his number one ally? Well, I mean, when people have immunity, you you, sw- you swarm to the person, right? Because they're safe. What are they doing? And so this guy is not voting for, for his number one. So like my initial thought is, Jesse probably is an an okay situation in that in, in that Jesse tribal. Jan- Jesse has Janine's idol too, and yes, yeah, you know, and I think the way their relationship goes, I mean, Cody's someone who could pl- would play an idol on Jesse, I believe. So, I think Jesse's over the moon when Cody wins it. And as nice. someone who was with uh, Jesse last night at the, at the show, you know, you could definitely tell he was he was pretty happy when when his boy Cody won that challenge. I, yeah, uh, and so to just set that up for for the audience, so Scott. You're of course you're in uh, North Carolina and Raleigh, 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 yeah, Raleigh, and so you went to a watch party that the current castaway Jesse was hosting, and so of course you you met Jesse, and uh, there was another person there as well. Who who else was there? Yeah, who so Jesse is a Duke student, and Durham and, Ra- and Raleigh, where Duke is, are very close, and so we have a local kind of uh, survivor patron group, and we heard you know through the grapevine that he was hosting this uh, event. And so we went there and I'm walking in around 7.15 and I see the queen, Sandra Diaz Twine, walking in right when I'm walking in. And um, I'm not a huge fan of Sandra as far as a game. Like, I love her as a character. I think she's an icon. Whoa, um, whoa, whoa. Wow. He's not the yeah, first person on this pod. He's not the first person on this podcast. <laughs> and I'm not really one to get starstruck. I'm not the kind of picture, oh, I got to take a picture. But Sandra, that's a different story. Like, I got to take a picture with Sandra. <laughs> I immediately sent um, Jordan and Alex a text. Like, oh my God, like, Sandra's here. Like, I'm going to go get a pick. Like I'm going to go embarrass myself. And um, I saw her and I said, the queen stays queen. And she laughed and said that um, I, I said it better than she said it. So <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Well, I, I love that you don't appreciate her so much, but you needed to have a picture with her. That's, uh, yes. that's really fun. Uh, she's no, no matter what, she's the queen. Two, she's the queen. Yeah. yeah. She's great. Yeah. That's the way it great goes. character. Anyway, so yeah, you you were watching with Jesse, and of course, he had a big reaction to to Cody winning. So that's yeah, yeah, that's right. un, unreal. And us us in Canada, like that's another world. Like we we'll never go to a watch party where there's a random survivor hanging around. No, we so, can uh, in in uh, in my area. We can. I live I live only 15, 20 minutes away from two former contestants, including a winner. <laughs> well, a third of Canada lives in southern Ontario, so uh, yeah. I'm in Winnipeg, where a million people live, or maybe less. <laughs> so, that'll never happen in Winnipeg. <laughs> shout out to shout out to Winterpeg. 
Yeah, shout out to Winterpeg. All right. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, let's so the group after uh, after Cody's win, and I had forgotten about the about Jesse having the idol as well um, when I'd written down that question. But uh, that's true. Jesse and Cody have two idols between them. Do we think Cody knows about Jesse's idol? I don't think so. I would say no. I would say we, no. of course we don't know through the show, but I would say no. Uh, yeah, I, I I think Jesse has decided that that is secret uh, secret stash at this point, and good on him because that will be a big move later on if it comes out or if he just shares that information in the yep. uh, final tribal, whatever happens. He wouldn't know that Marianne did that last season because they only made it to the merger, not even that, right? And so that was one of Marianne's big reveal is that she was the only person to keep an idol a secret. So is that you guys would know this better than me? Is that confirmed that they don't they didn't know the result at the time? Because I yep. thought they. They could no. have gotten a screening of it. I think or they got to the merge. I think they knew that there was going to be the whole like uh, earn the merge thing. I think I think it was right about there where where they went on location. Yeah. Gotcha. So they don't know that two women won back to back, or that you know that idea okay. doesn't isn't looming over the season mm-hmm. or anything like that. So they're they're not aware because yeah. they make a lot of early season references to oh yeah this is how they've been they've been doing similar things for the shared idols or the tasks or um, <laughs> the. Uh, that that merge um twist with the two groups so uh, i was just wondering on that but that makes sense okay so they didn't they didn't know we think they're gonna have the monty hall problem this year where they have like the you know where if you lose the challenge you're like yeah have to draw a roster to go out like get get that out of here please don't do that again yeah i'm you know like the math of that is like i've heard the explanation to have to like what you should do but like I'm a humble social worker. Like I would just follow my heart, you know, like what feels good in the moment. So I yeah. know there's like a right, a right solution to that, but like, I'm glad it's well, not, I'm glad that honestly, that's, that gives me such anxiety to just watch. Well, that, that twist is set up for the person who's in it to fail. Right. And right. my, my opinion of it, Kelly, you've heard me hear, say this a bunch of times and maybe Scott has too, but the twist shouldn't knock you out. Your reaction to the twist can knock you out, but the twist should knock you out. And that twist knocks you out. Yeah. And it makes it makes no sense for anyone to participate in that challenge, honestly. If you if no. you're in a good enough spot and you should be at a good enough spot at seven or eight or whatever, like there's absolutely no way you risk your game on on a one and three. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And of course, Deshaun moves on uh two seasons ago. So who who was the last season who sort of like broke the broke the math of it all? Well, it's two years in a row where so Deshaun doesn't chosen the wrong thing, and yeah. was it? Yeah, I can't remember who it was last year. Was it? Was it Danny or? Danny There's... was two 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 seasons Danny ago. Was two seasons ago. Okay, uh, I'm looking it up here. Um, yeah. So this is where our, our survivor it was, nerd. It, was, it was the girl. It was it was the kind of um, the Lindsay? girl who went out like six or seven, I think. Lindsay. Yeah, I think so. I think it was Lindsay. Honestly, that was my I... first thought. I forgot about Lindsay that I heard her on a podcast this season. I was like, oh yeah, Lindsay was a part of season 42. You know, yes. I, yeah, we, Lindsay, we have a bartender here in Apex that looks just like her. And every time we go, my wife always says, yeah. you look at this girl from Survivor and the bartender <laughs> looks at us like, you know, has no idea what we're talking about. But <laughs> Great. What do you want? <laughs> Great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So it was, it was Lindsay last season um, okay. who had to do that problem, but please don't, please don't bring that back survivor. I, 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 agree. I think don't they've announced, but I think they've announced that it's not coming back, but it's not yeah. coming back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. overall they need to change the structure of the, the game because at some point the survivors are going to be able to like game this version of survivor. If they keep doing three version of three times of six. Yeah. No, no, uh, no merge or no swaps. If you're going to the Island, 
you know they they're going to learn how to game it so i exactly. i feel like for 45 they need to switch up switch Twist. up i don't know how they're going to yeah. do for 45. switch it up a bit so they're back at camp uh this group they get their pb and j i thought it was it's not a great reward but you do get some functional nutrition which is nice um at this point in the game because everyone just withers away so quickly on survivor um and then we get ryan and gabler chatting about vote cassidy tonight um and and their strategy their plan is to tell cassidy ryan tells cassidy to vote for gabler gabler tells cassidy to vote for ryan um it seems foolproof in the moment but it's also are they playing me they're just telling me to vote for each other so i'm good but i'm in not a great spot um super interesting decisions and then cassidy jesse cody get together they want to vote ryan Cody's not on board. And we see here leading from the back, it's going to be Cody and Jesse that are doing what they want in this tribe. This is a hard spot for Ryan, who's not been as social and as part of a group. I mean, you really need to have somebody fighting for you in a group of five. Like, you know, that's one of the reasons why I never thought Jesse was, it was in danger because he had, you know, Cody. And I think, you know, Gabler would, was kind of an anybody but me situation there. And I always thought that they were going to go with Cassidy just because, I just feel like she's more personable and have a better relationship. If you're thinking, who can I work with going forward? Because we're going to be down to the final eight after this episode, which is actually like pretty close to the end game. You know, yeah. is Ryan really in your plans? You know, I, I thought it was a pretty easy decision for them to uh, keep Cassidy and, and go out Ryan. But I really like how Cody and Jesse, even though they were the kingmakers, you know, Jordan, there you go. We yes. In our season, um, <laughs> along with Alex. But um, even though Cody and Jesse were the kingmakers, I like how they – you know, made it seem like Gabler had a say in it. And they really did That's, a good job of including him and not just saying, hey, it's going to be Ryan tonight and here's why. You know, again, it, we're only seeing an edited version of it, but it really seemed like they valued his, or made it, you know, Gab in Gabler's eyes, it seems like they're valuing, valuing his opinion, which is what somebody like Gabler wants. They, they want to be feeling that they have some agency in the game. And I thought Cody and Jesse did a great job of, of including him. Well, and Cody did, or sorry, Jesse did that with Cody last week, two weeks ago, where he wanted to give Cody some agency in the yep. game and um, and made sure that he was involved in a decision uh, to vote out. And that's kind of Cody's MO is make everyone around me feel like they're in power. But really, as long as I'm able to pull the strings where I need to, he's in a good spot. Cody or Je Jesse and Cody are really well together. But Jesse and ultimately, is... you know, for Cody and Jesse, like, it's not that much of a difference in, in Ryan and Cassie. I do think they made the right decision, but you know, to give Gabler at least some agency, if Gabler really put his foot down and said, no, I wanted to be, um, you know, Cassie to go, I wonder what would have happened, but you know, it's possible they could have just gone along with it to appease Gabler in that moment. Um, but, but I think it's what Cody and Jesse wanted to happen, happen last night. And yeah. they were able to get Gabler on board uh, was great as well. And can well, I just turn the conversation to to Ryan for a minute and just how like disappointed I've been in him for the past few episodes. Like I, I really liked him pre not pre like like early, early uh pre-merge where he like him and Gio are this like unlikely duo. Like he's, you know, this big macho guy, and then Gio's this like, you know, shorter like gay guy. And you know, they, like they're just really bonded over, you know, just I guess their some similarities and their differences. And I like I love that about Survivor. That's one of my favorite things about just seeing unlikely duos or trios come together and work together. Great. But what I don't Anyways, like is the whole I'm taking the clams with me. Like who cares? It's it's uh, clam. Yeah. Well let me like, get who to cares that. if so you like <laughs> go out with some clams in your bag, like big whoop. 
so anyway, we see Geo go out and Ryan's, you know, fires lit under him. He's like, oh, once the merch hits, I'm a free agent. You don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, all right, here we go. What's Ryan going to do when he gets to the merge? Okay, he's going to leave and fish for three hours. Okay, great. Love it. You, you know, like, there's no way this guy's coming back to Survivor. Like, he's such, you know, disappointing TV. Um, like, you don't leave the game. You don't leave after a challenge, after an immunity challenge, and go fish for three hours. You know, the only reason that he wasn't voted out was because Janine shot herself in the foot and publicly announced that she was going after uh, James, which was not on the show, but we just learned in the, you know, post-season coverage, uh, post-exit coverage. So, and then, of course, just everything, you know, just in forming his relationships and just not making any moves. I just found him to be just a very disappointing castaway. Um, great guy. Love that he was looking to make his family proud. But, like, you know, do that in your own personal life. Don't do that on Survivor. So that's my little Ryan that's rant. Your, you. That's your Ryan Ryan yes. rant. Um, yes. No, I'm 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 with you. I'm with you on that. Uh, then we we also though see in this episode back to Cody and Jesse the permutations of what they're thinking through, right? And if Owen goes out, then we got to keep Cassidy and vote Ryan. Reason being is um, Cassidy is close with Carla and James. And so you don't want to burn that bridge between them. And, um, and that's, that's their thinking on that. But then if James is voted out, then they should vote out Cassidy. That's, that was one of the lines that they said. Um, and I was kind of surprised they went against their theory a little bit. Uh, and then Cody and Jesse pulling Gabler, as we were chatting about Cody's line before we go to tribal. If tonight's vote goes to plan, then we'll all be on the freaking Autobahn to the million bucks, um, which we'll see about that. We're going to final eight, but we'll see about that. Um, headed, uh, headed in there. They go in, they're surprised and shocked that James was the one voted out. Um, Ryan, here we go with the, I need to understand the alliances are all shattered with James going out. I just felt that was a little lost and out of touch. Did you not find that? Yeah, I don't know. Scott, do you have any thoughts on that? I, I don't either. No. Um, <laughs> it's fantastic. I didn't ask a great question. I, 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 I think it was always going to go down the way the way it went down. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, the whole will it be Cassie, will it be James thing was it was a bit of a just a, a red herring there. Um, and I did like, like you said, how they were going through all all the permutations. And I do think going second is a huge advantage. We saw it last year with Marianne and Drea when they saw um, it was it Rosh Roy who went out. You know that yeah. kind of changed that whole dynamic last year and changed it up. And uh, it's definitely good to have contingencies. And in a short game, you really need to be planning multiple moves ahead uh, because things happen so quickly. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think. I think Cassidy fits in with that group better. And yeah. I think it was always going uh, to be Gabler or sorry, to be um, Ryan who went home. To be Ryan. And frankly, he was, yeah, you're, you guys, you touched on it, right? With him, him not being the greatest TV, what is he doing? We harped on this last week. What is he doing going fishing for three hours? That's not how you play Survivor in this day and age. You got to be in those conversations all the time. You don't have to lead the conversations, but you got to be in there knowing I was kind of shocked last looking back on it. I'm kind of shocked last week. Didn't go against him. Yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. I think they, yeah. They, they weren't ready to break up that, that seven last mm -hmm. week. And I think Janine was just an, an easy, like, you know, 
especially if you know this this five and five is coming you want to have as many numbers as possible so i don't think they wanted to to break that up last week and it was much easier for that group of seven uh to just do the easy thing and, and get and get janine out last week yeah, just in, in the vein of the last two seasons where we see, you know, a quieter winner in the pre-merge, of course, with Erica and then Marianne, I do have my eye on Cassidy. Um, she's, of course, been playing a bit of a quieter game, but she is sort of like, you know, sneaking through time and time again. And she has, you know, the right social relationships. And, uh, of course, you know, she'll have to really have a breakout episode in the next uh, few tribals. But I like I am not counting Cassidy out at this point. Well, I think I think Carla fits that mode a little better of the kind of quiet under the radar winner a little bit. And I, for one, don't think James is necessarily going to going to blame Carla for his exit. Uh, I think it'll be much more on on Sammy. Um, and I think Carla. Will, 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 I don't know. Will, will I back a little bit. I would I would disagree with you on that, and I would put Carla more in sort of like a Drea role. Of course, she makes it farther than Drea, but uh, Drea, of course, had a lot of great relationships. She was in that, you know, seven-person alliance. She she was just, you know, had advantage after advantage. Um, but of course, she finds herself just voted out at a certain point, and so that's I I like Carla. Her confessionals are fire. Uh, she clearly has like Sammy's respect. So she's has a lot of things going for her, but I just worry that people will see her at a certain point. Um, so that's, that's, you know, I love Carla a lot, love her in the game, but that's my fear for Carla. Yeah. There's the, the, the story of this season is the quiet moves and all these players are making quiet moves. Who's making the, Who's going to make the loud move or who's going to kind of sniff out some of these players making quiet moves? Cause I mean, the argument you make for, for Carla being, um, being out there and a strong player, make the same argument for how many others, a whole bunch of others. Yeah. Um, right. James, Sammy, uh, Cody's an interesting one. Um, Gable, Gable, they're, they're not the Cody and Gable aren't the super strategists, but again, they're, they're playing hard. They're likable. Likeability is a huge part of trying to win survivor. And I don't know if it's yeah. like a chicken or the egg thing, but, you know, do quiet winners, you know, do people see, you know, an Erica win and kind of tailor their game towards that? Hey, this is the strategy. Mm. Or does the actual game just produce, you know, a, a you know, more under the radar, our winner, you know, and I think the metagame is always evolving in this, but I do think there is a, you know, slight metagame advantage to having a more under the radar, quieter uh, player when there's, you know, so many advantages and so many, you know, so it's such a fast paced thing. It, it, it oftentimes is good to zig when everybody else is zagging, I think a little bit. Well, and that's been the adjustment of survivor, right? You go through the early, here we go through the early seasons of survivor and it's just learning how to play, le- setting the boundaries of like, what does survivor strategy look like building alliances for the first couple of times to see that. And then everyone wants to, you get the idea of building the resume and having that big win and the winners being flashy, Tony, a flashy winner, two-time winner, um, Boston Rob controlled his season. And now you get in into the most recent seasons where it's all about set yourself up in that final tribal. And it's more about who you don't want in fi- or who you do and don't want in final tribal than it is about a full-on resume as you build it along the way. And so you see these bigger threats that go out earlier in the game, allowing the quiet player to win but cal you've made this argument before if you win then you played the best game right 
Yeah, I think overall, I know that's a, a huge hot button topic in the Survivor community. Um, but I mean, if you truly were playing a superior above average game, then I mean, you could talk your way through a lot of, you know, hard tribal councils. So, yeah. but you know, at that same in that same breath, I think that you know someone has to stay, and sometimes you know the best people are like not the best people stay, right? <laughs> so well, I look back at season forty-one, and someone like Xander, Xander would have been a prototypical winner in the mid-thirties. Like that's the kind of player who wins Survivor, mm-hmm. and you know he played a flawless game for the mid to late thirties, and yet he got what one vote or zero votes in the final three. Like that's just how the game is changing in the new era. I think. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, even like go to Kel season six, Scott, you weren't a flashy winner, yeah. but you did what you needed to do. The players got out of your way along, along, along the way, got out who you needed to get out, um, working yeah. with, working with everyone. And, and I think Alex and, would disagree well, with your thought of the the person who wins played the best game, but I will find out to my game at, at, yeah. at a later date here. I, I, I will love, find out very quickly Alex. when, I will Don't find out very wrong. quickly when he got to the end of this episode because I will yeah. get a text about that comment. You are right. Yeah. I mean, if Alex went out in the final three and you just never knew what would happen if he made it there to the finals. But of course, we see him, you know, it's you and him. And it's like one vote, Scott, one vote, Alex, one vote, Scott, one vote, Alex. And of course, you come out with, I think, like one vote difference, which is, of course, yeah. just madness. Well, um, I mean, not to get, to get too off attack, I do think there are two people who did not vote in that. I think both of those were sure votes for me between Jesse and Dan. Unfortunately, both of them got eliminated from the game. I think if they had been in the game, it would have been uh, would have been quite as close. I don't think. Yeah, I, the term I, unfortunately I agree. loose there for have, one of them. No, in no world is Jesse voting for Alex, and then I think yeah. Danny uh, Dan was voted. He, it's a it's a good it's a good point that they were both your votes, but the unfortunately comment was only fair for one of them. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> 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 unfortunately for me. Yeah. Um, so as we move through, uh, Cody feeling real good about wearing that necklace. I'm the man of the hour. Everyone wants to talk to him. Um, it's small numbers. If someone goes, that's the one interesting part. We get these small tribes early. Small numbers are hard to come through in in votes sometimes and if someone goes rogue or someone kind of goes against what everyone else wants to do it can really blow up a whole plan with this with this amount of people but we move in no idle or advantage there was no real talk about it anyways amongst this group there's not much out there within this group other than jesse's idol maybe there's an extra vote or two within it um, i don't have that memorized but there's not much out there no idle or advantage played first vote goes to it's between cassidy and ryan first vote goes to cast and then it's Ryan, 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 all the way through. Actually, the same vote pattern for both groups. Kind um, of some closing thoughts. Coco went under fire. They were four of ten. They got split two and two minority on both sides, and it was all about Coco going out. But that could episode. work to their advantage going forward. Now only having two out of eight. Yeah, and two that could very well work together, even if it's under the radar, can work together moving forward. Um, uh yeah coco gets uh as soon as they get split it was bye-bye for for all of them and they got cut right in half just like that so yeah. moving yeah, forward it, it, it's interesting too because we saw in the pre-merge that uh, the other two tribes were kind of working against them at that one challenge where they were openly kind of trying to to beat Inspiring coco against them. And, yep. and Baca, like you know definitely kind of coming back to, to roost there so 
going forward, like who who leaves in the in the final eight, like next episode? Noel. With, you know, Noel. Oh, you think it's Noel? Oh, ho, ho, that's spicy. Oh, uh, that'll be that'll be sad. I'll, I'll be sad if it's Noel. Yeah. Um, I I'm gonna say Gabler. I I think Gabler goes next episode. Interesting. But yeah, he doesn't have a lot of strong connections. Sure, uh, Cody made that sort of you know gentleman's handshake or whatever they did. Mm-hmm. But I think you know those sort of like relationships are only on like a episode by episode basis. So mm-hmm. here's your here's your hot take, Carla. I think no. she's in a great spot. Uh, oh, oh, she's got the idol. Hold on a second. I'm not factoring in idols to this to this comment. She's got an idol. Um, let me. Sammy said that he respects her opinion. I like. I I would be interested to see an episode where yeah. he suddenly votes her out, or at least doesn't clue her in that it's going to be her. And I yeah. do think um, Jesse and Carla were both at Berkeley together around the same time. I don't know how much they're making that on the show, but uh, you see how they went from not really knowing each other to being really close in a couple in you know a couple episodes. I think I think uh, the fact that they're both kind of from the same area, you know, might be contributing to that. Do you think some point soon could come down to like a Jesse group versus a Sammy group, or do you think they work together? I think Sammy's like was picked off just because of it, you know, being a physical threat and kind of playing both sides. Yeah, I think it catches up to him at some point. Yeah. And I, I, I mean, I, I think Carla and Jesse are are, are the are the are two of the final three, in my opinion. Yeah, Jesse, Carla, Chastity. I, you know, let's 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 say that's the final three. Wow. Um, and you know, we've barely talked about Jesse uh, throughout this podcast, and I think I personally relate to Jesse the most out of the current castaways, just in terms of like what I would be, bring to a season. I mean, I'm not too physical. I'm a bit more of an academic. You know, I just I really like. You know, he's a bit more social of a person. I just I really like watching him play because I sort of envision that's maybe how I would hope to play if i ever got on a show like survivor uh, i think he's done a phenomenal job this season so far in giving in, empowering others within the context of the game but keeping himself in control the whole time throughout uh, i've been such a big fan of of jesse's maneuvering yeah, through the game um part of the newer seasons of survivor 41 42 43 have been stories as well and jesse's story of the the hardship that he went through and put himself under um, and, and how he's come out of that um, has been really cool to kind of journey along with well uh, as well. And so, yeah, but I've been super impressed by what, yeah. what Jesse's Cast, doing. Casting has been the fantastic way. the last three seasons. It, Outside it really of the Lions, has. of course. I mean, uh, yeah. it's been pretty, pretty good casting for the last three years. I, I agree. And like, I've highlighted several people who I think could win. And Jesse's another one. Like, I, like, I think there's so many like potential winners on this current, like probably like four of the five of the final eight, I think it could possibly win, which I, I love. I think this season is so wide open and yeah, on the topic of the past three seasons, being such great casting, I would love for season 45 to be like a returnee season in some capacity where they pull I would from like the, it to, I would like it to be new school versus old school. You have 10 from the 41, and on and 10 from you know prior to 40 and yes i would i would love that as well like 45 would be a great year to have some sort of returning season yeah, yeah. that's not a bad yeah. that's not a bad idea yeah returning seasons are are awesome would you do full so scott your example there those full returning do you like the idea of some returning some not or do you think no, you gotta I, go I, full I or not no yeah, so full full yeah. returnee or full new, you got to pick or or a second chance type season where you're voting somebody oh, yes. in. You know that that would be a great thing. Maybe you have a pool of new school and a pool of old school, and you know you're voting in ten out of the sixteen yep. old school versus 
know, it's there's not that many yeah. of, of new schools. It'd be kind of hard to have you know 16 you're, you're voting off in the last you know three or four seasons. But um, yeah, I think it, I think it'd be good to have a, another second chance season. I would live for another second chance season. That was being a Survivor fan during when season 32 was airing, and just how you know there was people campaigning and interviews and people voting and. Of course, when you see people, uh, of course, who gets on, who gets off, like that was devastating to watch people knock it on. Like, like Shane and Teresa, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that was just, that was like gut-wrenching. And I, I'm here for it. I need more of that. What, still, one of my underrated favorite blindsides is from that uh, that season. There was a six-person group that went to Tribal and voted out Monica while still leaving Spencer and... Uh, Steven uh, and Jeremy were all in the same tribe together. They went out and no, Kelly no, no. It was before. That, it was before right? that. It was Kimmy, Jeremy, someone else, and then Spencer was on the bottom of that group. I feel like it was, was um, Spencer and Kelly Wigglesworth, maybe Kelly, Kelly Wigglesworth, and yeah. Spencer and Kelly voted for each other, and then Jeremy's alliance all voted within their own alliance for Monica, and so it was such a power move of we're in control. And those who are on our tribe, but not in our alliance, have no idea what's going on. Yeah, and they, they, it was such a power move in that uh, in that yeah. moment. But and I was just talking to my. Yes, it did work out for Jeremy. <laughs> it definitely did. Yeah, I was just talking to my uh, fellow Winnipeg patrons, uh, Matt and Sarah, last night about Monica Padilla, and I, you know, I was really happy to see her on the cast. I thought, you know, in nineteen, she was a bit against Russell and kind of called, you know, some of what he was going to do, and so a bit sad to see her go out in such a sad, you know, meh kind of way, but such a survivor, right? So yeah, it's the way it's the way it goes. Um, guys, thank you very much. This was an awesome and fun episode, and I got out nerded for an hour and 15 minutes or so or whatever it's been yeah. um i want to thank you guys for joining us you can find survivor at home the podcast on twitter at survivor at home as well as at i think it's at survivor underscore at underscore at home on instagram as well uh, this is jordan for kel scott and andrew will be back next week thank you guys very much and have yourselves a great thanks for having week. me on the show really thanks for having us jordan uh yeah hopefully andrew has some good chipotle uh and uh yes thank you <laughs>